welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for the right to get your constitutional rights protected. They are always there to go above and beyond for you to make sure that you are in the best position to succeed. AmandaJGentry.com for more information. Of course, Zen Sports, where you plug in the promo code ATOZTN and get to up get up to $1,000 on your no-danger first wager. Learn more, and I'll tell you more about that information later on in the program, ATOZTN in the Zen Sports app. And TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch, go to TrueMathFitness.com where your first workout is free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, nobody goes above and beyond to put you in position to succeed with your physical fitness goals the way that TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch does. TrueMathFitness.com for more information. So, there was a lot to take away from a objectively bad football game. It was a bad football game today. I think we can all be honest in the assessment that it was a bad football game. Uh, Brian Coburn says, does this mean Vrabel gets an extension? No, I don't think that it means that Mike necessarily gets an extension, but it speaks it speaks to something that I think he's been harping on and that the players have been harping on and something that I talked to DeAndre Hopkins about in the locker room that we'll play that clip for you here in just a second. Um, they are finding ways to try and improve a bad football team, right? Today, they, for example, were on their eighth different iteration of a starting offensive line. Think about that. Can you guys tell me how many games the Tennessee Titans have played? Math is difficult, I know, but what is four plus seven? Eleven. Eleven games. How many different versions of an offensive line do you think they've trotted out in 11 games so far this year? We will... uh, (laughs) I, I'll I'll give you guys some time. I'll stall here to give you guys some time uh, to uh, to guess the number. And perhaps you guys saw this uh, stat tweeted out from Jim Wyatt earlier this year. But it's just an example of how much they are up against in trying to improve. Billy Henry with the correct number, eight uh, for Karen O'Keefe, eight different iterations of an offensive line group. So, they're they're still a mediocre football team. I mean, mediocre at best, uh, as uh, as Hill Ant Hill says on Facebook Live correctly. They are a mediocre football team at absolute tops, right? They very could have easily lost a one possession game to the Carolina Panthers today, and the only reason they didn't is because Bryce Young's situation is even a bigger disaster than is Will Levis's. So I think it's okay for you to not be overwhelmingly impressed with the way that they won the game today. But I also don't think that you can ignore, uh, oh, Jacob, said you said eight before you asked, damn it. <laughs> That's, you know what? It happens sometimes, Jacob. I'm talking in a, in a lot of different places in front of a lot of different microphones, so I do apologize for ruining the bit. Uh, but yes, eight different offensive line uh, iterations that they have trotted out. So we understand that the learning curve for the Tennessee Titans right now, pretty big. Any way that you can find ways to shorten the learning curve, in particular for Will Levis in his now fifth NFL start, and show incremental signs of improvement, that's where this this team currently exists right now. Um, For uh, Somebody made a comment that I wanted to make sure that I highlight. Chosen 522 says, not impressed with the win. 
considering it was the worst team in the NFL. I've had enough of the mediocre and conservative bullshit. Well, that's tough because you've got six more weeks of, I mean, at best mediocre and conservative bullshit. So you're just going to have to eat it. Um, and, you know, you're entitled to bitch about it all you want to. But the reality of the situation is you can be tired of it. You can whine about it. And that's what the comment section is for. We we invite your whining. Uh, whining is... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say whining is encouraged because whining is annoying uh, when you understand. When, when, you, when I know you're fully aware of the circumstance that your football team is up against and you continue to whine about the same things even though you understand kind of where they're at right now, I'm not saying that you're not entitled to because if you spend money on on going to football games and you you spend your time paying attention to your football team, it more than entitles you to bitch about whatever you want about your football team, right, wrong, or indifferent. But if we're actually going to have a conversation about are they improving, where are they improving, and does that improvement pay dividends in terms of a win, today is an example of that. You can, you can turn your nose up at a win. But I would call you, uh, well, I wouldn't call you anything. I'm not going to resort to name calling unless you say something really stupid. But I would say, how on earth can you justify as a Titans fan turning your nose up at any win? I don't care if they're the Carolina Panthers. I don't care if it's the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday night football. I don't care if it's the, uh, who else, the the Burrow, uh, the Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals. You are a four-win football team. You do not, you are not entitled. You're entitled to a lot of things. You're not entitled to turn your nose up at a win especially when there are signs of improvement. For example, Will Levis is improving. His relationship and his connection with DeAndre Hopkins is improving. The Titans offensive line group today improved. Jalen Duncan, I mean, I don't think he was perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but he's the best option at left tackle that we've seen so far. A rookie sixth-round pick that you would prefer to ignore the signs of improvement there. And listen, I'm not interested in spinning this shit positive. I sat... You know, there's a million other things. If, if this was not my paid profession, there's a million other things I would have done with my Sunday other than watch a Carolina Panthers-Tennessee Titans game. But in the absence of that, and because this is the best job in the world, I think that you have to realistically look at, are they improving or are they not improving? If yes, then you go this direction. If no, then you go that direction. And today you can talk about improvements in a win. So you can, you can not be impressed if you want to, but like... <laughs> The idea that a Tennessee Titan fan would look around and, and right now at this present state and say, oh, you know, a, a win over the Carolina Panthers. What's a win over the Carolina Panthers? Again, you only had three previous. The idea of uh, the idea of turning your nose up at a win in any stretch of the imagination, um, to me, seems a bit stupid. But, you know, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Uh, I think that, well, let's start here with your Two Rivers Four take before we get too far down the rabbit hole. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch is where you can go to interact in the comment section. We, of course, would be happy to have you. How would you grade Will Levis's performance against the Carolina Panthers today? Let's start with him, the quarterback, because he is the most important thing all uh, all the way through the rest of this season. Six games remaining, Will Levis, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter who's around him, Will Levis is the biggest story for this football team. So how would you grade him against the Carolina Panthers? I'll give you a stat line. Uh, and then you can uh, make the determination for yourself. Uh, actually, give me one second, and I'll pull up the game book here on the primetime show. In the meantime, I'll tell you that Two Rivers Ford presents your Two Rivers Ford take. How would you grade Will Levis in his fifth career start? It's made possible by Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service is what they offer to you. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. 
Gamblingmanhunt.com. All right, so here's the game book. Will Levis, <clears throat> excuse me, 18 of 28, 185 yards, uh, longest pass of the day, longest completion of the day. We won't say air yards, but longest completion of the day was a 25-yard uh, pass and a rating of 83.2. For reference, Bryce Young threw for more yards. He was sacked three more times than Will Levis was. Will Levis only sacked once on the day uh, for, you know, which I think led to a productive outing, an ugly outing, but a productive outing. 18 of 31 was Bryce Young, 194 yards, four sacks for losses of 32 yards. He also had a 25-yard completion as his long gain of the day and a rating of 76.5. So those are the two quarterbacks together. How would you grade Will Levis with that knowledge in hand? We will talk about it at length right after I remind you that uh, Two Rivers Ford, I've already done that, so we will not uh, spend m- much more time doing that. Uh, C- says Jody Newell, he missed more throws. He was pre- protected better today. So here's the thing. he's he's He mentioned the inaccuracies himself, as a matter of fact. And you can go and, I mean, if you want to go and watch the press conference, you can go and do that, or you can go check out, for example, my Twitter timeline where uh, Will Levis brought up some of the inaccuracies that he had today. That he's, that he's recognizing these things and that he makes the corrections in real time is the kind of growth that you're looking for. Because Lewis agrees, he missed too many gimme throws. Fair. I think he missed a couple of opportunities today when he had a good pocket. And he did, he did for the most part, have good protection today. Bryce Erickson says, how did Duncan look? Um, well, I, I don't have the pro football focus numbers yet. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't had the opportunity to isolate just Jalen Duncan. If I'm going to give you an evaluation of left tackle, I, I would like the opportunity to watch it. Uh, from the vantage of uh, of the the coaches tape and and the television copy, because you know at the stadium things are moving very quickly. Obviously, I'm not watching the left tackle in real time while we're at the game. I'm watching the ball uh, more than anything. So I will say he was only sacked once today, which is the few. It's tied for the fewest amount of sacks that the Titans offensive line group has given up. Uh, Indianapolis they only allowed one sack as well today. Only one sack by the Panthers. So improvement based on what they've seen there as a unit. I'll go back and watch Jalen Duncan specifically and give you a better evaluation later in the week. Uh, B for Troy Anderson, B for Chris Frazier, B minus says David Brown. So I really liked what Will Levis did today. I know he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but like I said, he threw two touchdown passes last week and you got your asses kicked. So let's not use touchdown passes solely as the barometer for success or failure here. I, I thought that on operationally, there is improvement. I thought that in the second half of the game, the play calling kind of let him down. I thought there was really, really poor decision-making in terms of situational football or just really playing scared. Now, it's easy for me to secondhand, you know, coordinate in the middle of all this because they want a football game and that's all they care about. So, you know, ultimately, they're justified in their decision-making. If that's what led them to win a football game, then they're going to look around and say, okay, yes, that's what we needed to do to win a football game. We are justified in their intention. That is absolutely how the coaching staff is going to think about this, even though the rest of us looked around and said, oh, my God, this is just this is wretched what they're doing in the second half. And it was wretched. They, they were imminently beatable by the Carolina Panthers, and you would hope that that improves around Will Levis. But we're just talking about the player himself. I thought he managed the situation well. I thought he kept himself from taking bad sacks. He did throw some turnover-worthy plays today that were not intercepted, and he's been throwing interceptable passes throughout the course of the season. Defensive backs 
just haven't caught up to them yet. So a, a few more today, one in particular that I thought was really, really bad uh, early on in the first half, I want to say. Can't remember the exact down and distance, but one that jumps to mind in particular. So, like, there's definitely growth opportunities there. For, but the, for the most part, Bradford correctly says a win is a win. They need they did what they needed to do to win a football game today. And Levis in the middle of all that, you know, I asked DeAndre Hopkins uh, about Will Levis and about the way that he's been able to manage the situation. And we started off talking about Derrick Henry first and foremost because Derrick Henry passed. 9,000 career rushing yards today and did pass Marshawn Lynch on the all-time leading touchdown uh, score, rushing touchdown scores uh, in NFL history today. I believe Derek moved into 17th place over Marshawn Lynch. But after we talked to Hopkins about Henry, I asked him about Will Levis, and I think the answer is worth paying attention to here. It's, you know, it's huge, man. You know, this is the NFL. Every win counts. Can't, uh, you know, discredit a win. Carolina's a good team, even though their record, you know, shows what it shows. Those guys still fight hard, and uh, you've seen that today. So, any, uh, any, go ahead. Okay. You good? Any sense of relief, you know, after being able to break that three-game streak? And now you look around the locker room, the vibe is different, you know, after a win, obviously. Absolutely. I think playing at home helps that as well, just the momentum and the energy that we get from the fans here. So uh, hopefully we can continue that next week. Is, is that the biggest difference, the, the energy that you're getting from the crowd between the disparity home and road? I wouldn't say that's the big di- a big difference, but I would definitely say that has something to you know factor into uh, you know guys going out there and you know just knowing that you got the crowd behind you a little bit uh, it always helps and this crowd does a good job. But you know I just think you know just the pride that we play with here uh, and hopefully you know we can continue that pride you know when we're not here and uh, you know get a roll roll win as well. How important was that first touchdown drive because it seemed like that kind of set the tone for the whole first half because, you know, you're backed up and then all of a sudden, you you know, you hit a couple of pass plays and you're moving down the field and cash in for, you know, a quick lead. How, how much did that kind of build some confidence in, in each other and get the crowd in it and all? Uh, you know, we couldn't have scripted it any better. Obviously, there, you know, there are some plays, you know, and, uh, within that where, you know, we wish we could have, you know, did better. But, you know, like you said, you know, the momentum is uh, the name of the game and we went down. And do what we had to do. Everybody was, uh, you know, focused. And, you know, we didn't hurt ourselves, and I think that was the biggest thing. It's never going go to It's never going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. operationally, where are you seeing improvements maybe from Levis of kind of being in command of everything? Uh, just being more relaxed back there in the pocket. Obviously, there are some throws. You know, I'm going to hold them to a high, you know, a high standard and tell them, you know, like I, you know, would tell any quarterback, you know, some throws out there that I wish he could have made, but he definitely made some some great throws as well. Uh, and I think, you know, Will can be a great quarterback. So, you know, I always try to hold him to a high regard. But uh, I think, you know, the difference is just, you know, him him being back there in the pocket and just being relaxed and, uh, you know, getting to feel this offense a little bit better. Haven't been. So that's DeAndre Hopkins in the locker room with us a couple hours ago. And he's he's emphasizing there, yeah, I'm going to hold him to a high standard, right? Let, the same way that I would hold any quarterback to a high standard. Uh, he's He's got the ability to be a great quarterback. But there, you know, there are some throws that he had the opportunity to make today that he wasn't able to capitalize on. And I think that's the best kind of it's why DeAndre Hopkins is so good at this specific thing. DeAndre Hopkins is a multi-faceted, multi-talented player and has been for the better part of a decade in the league. Devin Michael Morris says, I love that interview. Well, let me let me expand on why I think he's such a great player for Will Levis to have at this point in his career here in just a second, right after I remind you 
that the primetime show is made possible by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Go to amandajgentry.com for your constitutional rights to make sure that your constitutional rights are protected. Nobody is going to defend you with more passion, with more skill, with more efficiency than Amanda J. and her team. Wherever justice demands, they mean those words. They have practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in the state of Tennessee. AmandaJGentry.com for more information. So, coming back to DeAndre Hopkins, why I think he's such a perfect uh, player for this. Devin Mills says he's critical but kind. He's he's honest, right? He's He is there. It's constructive criticism from a Hall of Fame caliber player. Now, you can argue whether DeAndre Hopkins is a Hall of Fame player or not. I'm not here to get into that argument. But he is, he is of a certain quality that one would associate with the best to ever play the position, right? It is not a stretch for me to say Hall of Fame caliber, even if he doesn't he hasn't done enough career winning to be an actual NFL or pro football Hall of Famer. He is relaxed, right? He's never gonna he's never gonna be out there like freaking out. He's never gonna be the the guy he's I don't want to say that he's never going to be AJ, but AJ is a good example of this, right? Where AJ Brown gets visibly upset when he does not get targets, even when he's not necessarily in the right. And I'm I'm not using AJ as an example just to you know needle Titans fans today, even though I can't believe the damn Eagles won again today. It's just it's like Alabama. Some teams just have all the luck, and it says does uh, Diggs another example. Devin Michael Morris brings up Stephon Diggs. That's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie quarterback, right? Where you have one of these demonstrative, overwhelming, high-energy, very frenetic personalities on the field. It's not that Hopkins isn't that level of competitiveness or intensity, but he carries himself in a way that I think lends itself better to settling in a young quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins has had to work with a bunch of bad quarterbacks, a bunch of young quarterbacks over the course of his career. He's very experienced uh, at this point with this. And Will Levis, you know, beyond beyond Deshaun Watson, there's probably not a more talent. Ah, Kyler maybe. But Levis has got to be in the conversation for the most, uh, for what, if not the second most talented quarterback that Deshaun, uh, excuse me, that DeAndre Hopkins has worked with in his career, right up there with Kyler Murray, right? And Kyler is kind of a, we don't know what Levis is just yet. I don't want to. Uh, crown him before he's done anything of real consequence and Kyler really hasn't either but that that's kind of the caliber of player that we're talking about where Kyler Murray who's just kind of thought of as a mid starter in the league is immediately the second most talented quarterback that DeAndre Hopkins has ever played with so I think to have somebody like that to kind of ease you into the process while seeing that incremental improvement from Levis and you'll hear from Levis here in just a second, it can really, really benefit a young player like Will Levis, and you're seeing that improve. So what grade would I give him in the comment section, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch? Uh, what, what, how would you grade Will Levis's performance today? I would give him a, I would give him a B. I, I thought he was solid. I thought there was some, uh, I thought there's some opportunities that he missed. It's not ever going to be perfect. I thought that they had a couple of operational things that they ironed out. It was Still not a clean game. The penalties on offense, the pre-snap penalties on offense this year, all year have been terrible. And I I don't know what they ended up having at the end of today, but they had 19 offensive pre-snap penalties coming into the game. 
and a couple more today in the offensive line is, is as much to blame for that as anybody. But for Levis himself, you know, feel pretty good about a beat. You should feel pretty good about a beat. You'll hear from Will Levis here in just a second. I'll remind you that the primetime show, by the way, Chig should have had a touchdown pass today. I know, I know they were talking about it. Chig came up one yard short. Uh, on a nice play. I know people have been really, really... Chig is like Christian Fulton, where he's become a bit of a lightning rod. Again, he has to be better. Christian Fulton has to be better. All the, these players can't, like... It doesn't just stop when they've had a good game or when they've had a bad game, but it's continually evolving, and to see Chig making a couple of plays today was was really good. Didn't have a drop today, Chig Nkonkwo, which is positive progress, <clears throat> excuse me, even though the bar's super low. So... You'll hear from Will Levis here in just a second. I'll remind you that the primetime show is made possible by Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code A-T-O-Z-T-N, and they will give you up to $1,000 no danger first wager when you wager in the Zen Sports app. That's football, college or pro, that's basketball, that's hockey, whatever you desire, all your favorite major sports available for you to wager on in the Zen Sports app. So download it today, plug in that promo code, get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. All right. So Levis today, again, I'll read you the stat line uh, from the game book. 18 of 28, 185 yards, took one sack for only a, a loss of one yard, had a 25-yard completion today, was his longest completion of the day, and a quarterback rating of 83.2 next to Bryce Young's 76.5. How would you grade him? Uh, Will Levis was asked about uh, his performance and getting back on track, getting a win today, and uh, I thought gave a pretty good answer in response. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, I talked to the guys today about you know, we just we got to get our juice back. We got to just get our mojo back. And it's, it's tough. Walk. It's tough. Tough these past few weeks looking around after games and just seeing the looks in dudes' eyes of dudes that we all know are dogs and just got, guys go out there and have done this year in and year out. Um, and to just let's regain that confidence today, which I think getting the win uh, alone uh, was enough to do that. And hopefully we can keep that rolling and get these guys' confidence up. I mean, the fact that the rookie quarterback is recognizing that guys and, you know, it's the same thing that I've been telling you guys for a couple of weeks now when they lose like that. There's a bunch of really good football players wandering around and they're not a bunch, but, you know, Jeff Simmons and Derrick Henry kind of like looking around, not lost for words, but lost for solutions is not something that you should see. Right. That's that's pretty, pretty jarring to kind of recognize or realize in real time. And, and that's been the case basically for the better part of a season. Now, at least a calendar year since the losing started after Green Bay. Got to get the dog back, says Jeremy Sands. Well, that's what Will Levis is here to help them do. And I think that his command is improving. The operations are improving. You will see the other start. You'll, you'll see, if you're just judging him by touchdown passes, you will see that stuff start to pay dividends as he continues to improve on the small things that make the scores possible. I think that, uh, I think that ultimately... What you have in Will Levis is something that is going to, you know, I think pay dividends right now. He looks like he belongs, and you're seeing more concrete evidence of that week in and week out. Uh, no fire in them right now, says Jody Noel. No, I mean, in fact, the opposite. They, well, okay. No, it's impossible to have fire as a three-win football team, right? And they came out and they played with, I thought, great effort and great energy today. So when you're judging effort and things, things like that, I think that 
you know, it's tough to determine because in college, maybe that's true. Maybe players stop playing as hard as humanly possible. But in the pros, there's always something to play for, whether it's your next job, your next paycheck, your next big contract. That's not something that that happens. Uh, Jody Newell says, all season? No, of course I wouldn't say that. Would you say that they didn't have any fire in them uh, against the Atlanta Falcons? Would you say that they didn't have any fire in them against the Cincinnati Bengals? So no, you're, you're taking this on a, on a one-game sample size if you're trying to evaluate just how much these guys are, are into this thing. And, you know, like you're trying to conflate energy with just being honestly bad. They are still a bad football team. Let's not make any mistakes about it. They, they are still a, a bad football team. They're still in the basement of their division. The Colts coming into town at six and five are a much, you should have gotten one on the road in Indianapolis when you had the opportunity to do so. You squandered it. And now you have a much tougher Colts team to play at six and five. Texans lost today, but they look better. Jags won today, and they retained their seat at the top of the division. So the Tennessee Titans are still an awful football team. But I think that Jody says they went to Louisiana with no fire. Well, that's, of course, not true. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and argue with Jody one-on-one. Ryan Tannehill had a nuclear uh, implosion, right, that that has nothing to do with uh, no fire. And, again, if if your sports analysis is, well, they have no fire to them, well, then that's just a waste of time. Like, what is the what is the quantifiable analysis of the fire, Jody? Please expand for me in where is the pro football focus metric for level of fire in the belly? All these different things that people use is just when they have when you have nothing really to say, nothing to really contribute to the conversation, and you just start to con- just start to defer to generalities that don't actually mean anything, but you can throw it out there and just say it, and somebody will agree with you because yeah, yeah, no fire, yeah, they shit the shit the bed in New Orleans. Yes, they shit the bed in New Orleans because the quarterback threw three interceptions. They lost a one-point game. Arden Key had 11 damn pressures in that game. Uh, they were on the court. They were on Derek Carr's ass the entire game. Derek Henry didn't have a bad game. The offensive line had a bad game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had a bad game. No fire doesn't mean anything, right? It does. It's just. It's just something that people say when they have nothing else to contribute. And I'm not. By the way, Jody, I, I'm not like. I'm not like jumping you. On that, I just I just don't think that mean that doesn't mean anything to me. No fire doesn't mean anything to me. To to try and sit there and determine the level of effort or energy or fire, quote unquote, of of a player when you have no idea who that person is, what that person, uh, what that person, what that individual's personality is. Jalen Duncan is not Arden Key, right? Derrick Henry is not Will Levis. These are different individuals and how they go about their job is an entirely different thing. And however it is that they accomplish a win in a football game, fire doesn't, it's not, it's not, it's, it's nothing, right? It's just, it's fire, smoke, uh, nothing. These are just things that people say when they're trying to get into, uh, when they're trying to get into, uh, I think, I think criticism, well, there's plenty of places to criticize the football team, but technique and just general level of skill does not mean that there's not a level of effort there. There's always something to play for in the NFL. Andre Dillard is honestly trying to play football. He's honestly bad at playing football. Does that mean Andre Dillard doesn't have any fire? Well, I do think that I, actually, if you said that about Andre Dillard, I'd probably I probably wouldn't jump your ass. <laughs> I just did because Andre Dillard truly does not have does not have a, a level of competitive toughness that I think is requisite to play in the NFL. And I think that is a part of the reason why he's fallen off there. But you know, I, to attribute that to a to the team as a whole, of course, is is nonsensical, and that's not something um, that's not something that I think should be entertained as legitimate analysis. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, I would like to see Kelly drop 
some more rollout plays for Levis. Well, I'd like to see Tim Kelly do a lot of things in the second half that he didn't do today. I'd also like to see uh, not hear Tim Kelly say that Derrick Henry has enough room to run earlier in the week the way that he did, which is not something that we talked about because we didn't have a primetime show on Thanksgiving. But damn, that was just uh, that was just kind of uh, kind of nonsensical. Anyway, um, Sunday Funday, let's wrap up because we're already back for the second half of this uh, Chargers and Ravens game. What was the best thing that you saw on this football Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch? We will talk about it together right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the great people at True Math Fitness in the Gulch. Always feel better when you work out. That is something that I can speak truth to power on. I'm telling you, there are a lot of, everybody has stress in their life, whether it's professional, whether it's personal. Uh, there's a lot of bad habits that can result from stress, whether it's how you take care of yourself, whether it's neglect of your physical fitness. True Math Fitness is there to help you not just to train you, not just to put you through the paces, not just to exhaust you, but to legitimately find ways to change your approach to your physical fitness. Their classes are awesome. No workout ever recycled or repeated. I love the personal training. I go to hang out with Worth Campbell, who, by the way, is an Auburn football fan and went to the Iron Bowl this weekend. God love him. He's a Titans fan and an Auburn fan, so he's living a particularly tortured existence this football season. But you can commiserate about your football teams together at truemathfitness.com. Your first workout is free. What's the best thing you saw on this football Sunday? Uh, John Gruden and says David Brown. That is actually the best thing that I saw today. The idea, and it's, let's, it, that's not happening, just to make sure in case nobody else has seen that. <laughs> Seeing that Bruce Feldman tweet, I need to text Bruce and get him on the radio show this week because the idea that John Gruden's name was even remotely mentioned by somebody credible uh, <laughs> in the Indiana football coaching search job. Uh, this is what Bruce Feldman tweeted. I'm, uh, Tom Allen, by the way, for those of you who don't know, and why would you care? Indiana fired their football coach today. The only reason that you would care is apparently he has the third largest buyout in the history of college football, and I was shocked to discover that Indiana football is paying anybody uh, that much. Um, but anyway, Bruce Feldman, who's, of course, one of the most uh, inside information people in the world of college football, says among the Indiana coaching candidates to replace Tom Allen, South Alabama's Kane Womack, Bama OC Tommy Reese, Ohio State offensive line coach Justin Fry, and a big wild card candidate who has support with some key IU folks, John Gruden. <laughs> that's, that's my alma mater. I never went to a football game. Uh, in in uh, four years at Indiana, we tailgated him, went home to watch SEC or, or Notre Dame play. I've never, the only time I saw what the inside of that stadium looked like, other than social media, it was my graduation. And that's only because the basketball arena was under, uh, was under construction at the time. And that's where every other Indiana class has graduated at Assembly Hall, not at the damn football stadium. But the idea that John Gruden I mean, they're not talking about him as a legitimate candidate, but as a wild card candidate, that is honestly the best thing that I saw on this football Sunday. But just, just craziness that that is even remotely that that Bruce Feldman put it out there means that it's got, you know, that that is a legitimate conversation being had by people with actual money at a Power Five program, and the fact that it's Indiana is just crazy to me. Anyway, but uh, what's the best thing that you saw today? Chosen says Derrick Henry scoring two touchdowns. Derrick Henry passed 9,000 career uh, rushing yards today as well. Uh, it's, you know, he's building a Hall of Fame resume. If he doesn't have one already, I think the thing that stand, the thing that most stands between Derrick Henry, excuse me, got a little bit of, got a little bit of nasal situation going on. So if I'm having trouble uh, not sounding like that, that's why. 
but Derrick Henry passing 9,000 career rushing uh, yards today and passing Marshawn Lynch for 17th all-time on the rushing touchdowns list in NFL history, huge accomplishment. The only thing of consequence that's standing between Derrick Henry and the Pro Football Hall of Fame is he, he just hasn't done enough winning, like uh, winning in terms of like playoffs, right? He has had one legitimate playoff run to his name. Uh, he missed the, uh, well, he came back for the 2021 postseason and didn't do anything against the Bengals. We understand the situation that was up against the Bengals or up against the Titans in that Bengals game. And that, that was hardly Derrick Henry's fault, but he didn't play well. Right. And then the Ravens loss in 2021. So I guess that would have been the 2020 postseason, but it was a 2021, like it was January of 2021. He, he got shut down. Pretty pretty well. Now, Lawan being absent in that game uh, or not being available for that game, I think matter. They kept trying to run it to the left side, and they just they, Baltimore was not letting Derrick Henry beat them that day. So, you know, Derrick Henry needs to do more winning of consequence to be a lock Hall of Famer, but definitely the resume is 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 there uh, for sure. Uh, Puka says, I remember when some people wrote Hurts off, Jalen Hurts, an incredible win for the Philadelphia Eagles today. Uh, Alabama, the way that they want to know, but I know most of you don't like Alabama as Tennessee fans, although Tennessee, Joe Milton had a phenomenal performance. Joe Milton, we've been waiting for Joe Milton to have a performance like that all year long. And of course it comes in his last, I mean, it's not his last career game. He's probably going to play a little bit in their bowl game. Whenever that gets signed, probably the Gator bowl sounds like maybe NC state is going to be the opponent. Um, but I think, uh, I think the thing to me that really caught my attention beyond Derrick Henry, cause Derrick Henry is, is. If you're a Titans fan, Derrick Henry's the answer. But just general football conversation, uh, the Denver Broncos, after beating the Cleveland Browns today, are 6-5, and five, which is kind of a crazy story. And a lot of people, including myself, shit on Russell Wilson and Sean Payton for you know what that looked like coming in and all the things that Sean Payton said about um, – oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the Jets' offensive coordinator name that was, uh, that was formerly the, uh, the Broncos' head coach. Oh, Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, right? All that, all that stuff. But the Broncos won again today. They're six and five, and they're making a legitimate push in the AFC. That's one of the more impressive turnarounds that we've seen in real time in a season of a franchise that that looked like it was lost to start the year. Russell Wilson, your defense played lights out, and we've been used to that. But we've been watching this offense find itself. I don't think a lot of people would have thought it would have been against one of the toughest defenses in the league. You came over here right away and said that was a big one. What did you find out today? Well, first of all, we got grit. We got we got resilience. Uh, we got toughness, and we got faith, and we got belief. All those things is a great formula for winning. And, um, you know, you add the hard work into the, throughout the week and the extra study, and then everybody's been giving their all every single day. Our coaches, and they stay till 3 a.m. every day, you know, with Sean and and then, you know, obviously us players, you know, we're dedicated to the craft and, and winning and the process of that. We know what it looks like. We feel in that. We're believing in that. Our fans are too. And listen, it's a long journey. We've got a lot, lot more to do. Um, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I know you love to inspire, so let's go there because that's wonderful that we're meeting you right here on your fifth straight win. But how tough it was to get here, that one in five start. So I hear you with the belief, the grit, all of that. But the most important thing that right now got you to this moment is really what? Well, I, I think, you know, when we were down in Chicago, you know, and we just believed. You know, we believed. And when we got that win, you know, it was a tough, tough game. We were struggling in the first half, and then we just kind of kind of took, took, took over. And, the, and the, that's when kind of the belief really started happening. And I think the biggest thing is we've played some really great teams, you know. Obviously, Kansas City, you know, the Bills on the road, um, Packers, you know, all these teams we played recently, 
And then, you know, the, the Browns, these guys are legit, you know, they, they can really play. So I think the biggest thing, though, is we're playing together, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing that we, we believe in. We believe in each other. We're, we're, staying, we're staying humble and we're staying hungry. Happy Thanksgiving. Congratulations. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Go Broncos. So that is uh, Russell Wilson, the six and five Broncos, making uh, making some moves here in the AFC. It's going to do it for us tonight. We have a lot to talk about, including some uh, interesting reporting by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal on the relationship of Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel, um, which I read. I just read some of the quotes while that Russell Wilson uh, clip was playing. They're pretty inflammatory, and we'll uh, I'm sure Austin and Zach. I don't know if they're going to get to him tomorrow because uh, because of the game reacting to the game but uh certainly we'll talk about it for three hours on the radio show tomorrow because that's it's pretty crazy shit that greg bedard put in print about mike vrabel uh, <laughs> league sources believe that vrabel could be looking for a way to force his way out of tennessee after the season <laughs> how about that for a tease on the radio show uh have a great rest of your night we'll leave you with that enjoy sunday night football and i will see you on the radio show on 104.5 the zone at 10 a.m see you guys